Hi friends, and welcome to the Be Nourished podcast, where we talk about the nourishing things in life, relationships, food, jobs, dreams, and everything in between. Okay guys, we have a sweet treat today. I have my sister on the podcast, my little sister, and as mentioned in here, um, I just, I constantly see her as 14, but she's not 14. She's a grown woman with a job and an apartment and a husband. So I love talking with her today. It was so fun to hear from her. I think she really speaks a lot of truth towards her age group. Um, I think there's a lot of things that we don't know and don't get told when we leave college and we all sort of feel like we're floundering, at least I did. So Katie um, speaks to that today, which I'm just so proud of her. She's just a little rock star. So here we are chatting with my little sister. Such a special moment. So I hope you guys enjoy. Hi, Katie. Hello. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> this is like so crazy because you're my sister. Yeah. So fun. <laughs> well, tell us about yourself, Catherine Liz. Okay. My name is Katie, or as Allison calls me, Catherine. Mm-hmm. Um, I live in West Nashville, Tennessee with my husband, Nathan. We are both working in full-time jobs in our field, which is crazy. Miracles. Yeah, to think about. I never dreamed that that would happen, but here we are. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that pretty much sums me up. For, I'm an editor working for a company that makes home health and hospice booklets. So that's pretty much how I spend Nathan my day. does a job that none of us yeah, know. Nathan does IT consulting. Nobody knows what that means. The extent of what I know about that. Poor Nathan. So, He's explained it to us 55 times, yeah. and I just can't remember right it's, it's about as often as he explains the difference between wi-fi and data yeah no clue still don't know <laughs> can't can't compute um it's crazy because even though you're 22 yep i still feel that you're approximately Four. eight okay <laughs> and it's very <laughs> weird for me for you yeah. to be this like adult out in the world because i sort of just wanted to bubble wrap you and still do yeah um because i just just saw you as my own baby child right and now here you are, a grown woman in the world. And I mostly just still feel like a baby child. Oh, so do I, but you know, that's another, well, that's this conversation, I right. suppose. Right, right, So you are 22, fresh out of school, you graduated in May. In May, three months ago. Yes, and we are from Nashville, so coming back to Nashville was not necessarily like a huge culture shock, but I know mm-hmm. that even though you were born and raised somewhere, coming back to that place can still, because you're not the same person. Right. So it can mm-hmm. still feel weird. Mm-hmm. So I am so curious because I'm a little bit removed from your age range, but I remember when I graduated from college and had to get into the world feeling overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And I also remember feeling like, why did nobody tell me X, Y, and Z? And yes. the reality is they might have told me. No. And I just I don't, don't think remember. they did. Okay, well, that makes me feel better. Because <laughs> I thought, how, how, why did nobody talk to me about this stuff? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. do you feel some of that? Like, do you feel oh, like... yes. Okay. Every day. I think, seriously, every day I'm telling someone that I don't know how to adult. Yeah. Because nobody tells you anything. Nobody yeah. tells you how to budget. Nobody tells you how many bills you're going to have to pay. Yeah. Because, I mean, I fully understood that there were bills. I was not ignorant of that, but nobody tells you exactly how many, nobody tells you that they all require being paid at different parts of the month, Yeah. nobody teaches you, oh, that you have to do a whole lot of steps before you start paying back student loans, you know, you just get told you have to start doing them. Turns out you have to do a, kind of a lot before you can actually just start 
spending all of your money mm-hmm. to the government. So yep. every single day, Nathan and I are sitting down trying to figure out how we do this exactly. Yeah. And I remember distinctly one of the things that I felt like I didn't know how to do was apply for a job mm-hmm. because I had jobs. I mean, I've had jobs since I was a teenager, but I always got them through a family friend mm-hmm. or through church or whatever. Yeah. And so knowing how to advocate for myself, knowing right. what I deserve, knowing what benefits I should get, knowing if the pay that they offered was enough, like that mm-hmm. stuff was very difficult for me. Yeah. And I didn't know. I just sort of accepted whatever I was given. So that's hard too. Yeah. So there's a lot of things that I feel like... That nobody teaches Nobody you. really talks about. So let's back it up a little. So we went to... Both of us went to a private school. Mm-hmm. This private school happens to put a lot of emphasis on not so much a career, but getting married. married. <laughs> LOL. So, and I, I think, which again, I'm a little <laughs> removed, but I think that a lot of people your age, potentially, mm-hmm. feel this pressure mm-hmm. of getting married or finding someone before they leave college or having yeah. a boyfriend at least or having some sort of timeline. Yeah. I don't know if this is as much true anymore as it used to be because I think now in culture it's more acceptable to get married later. But do you find that most of your friends feel this kind of pressure, or do a lot of your friends kind of feel like, eh, I'm good? A lot of my friends at Harding did. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of my friends who went to state schools, at least from my knowledge, seem to be trekking along just fine. Yeah. Uh, most of them, whether they're in a relationship or not, seem to be fairly content, at least relationship-wise, where they are. Mm-hmm. But a lot of my friends at school felt... The pressure to be married and to be married quickly. I knew so many people who had, you know, six to nine month engagements and mm-hmm. they would know their boyfriend for less than like two years, sometimes even one year before they got married, which sometimes that works. I know plenty of people who have gotten married in that time frame and are perfectly happy and more power to you. But at 18, 19, 20, I'm not wholly convinced that that's a long enough time to know someone because. I didn't even know myself at 18. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I had been dating Nathan since we were 15, but he and I both had a conversation before Harding that we were not going to just assume we were going to get married. We were going to take at least a year to grow into ourselves and our relationship, and if things didn't work out, then neither of us should feel the pressure of, well, we've been dating for X number of years. Mm-hmm. This is it. Why do you think there is such pressure? Because, I mean, I came into Harding... As a sophomore, I transferred. Mm-hmm. And so, and I've also, I think some of it is how we were raised. We were not really raised with the pressure to get married as females. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we were lucky in that our parents did not put that on us. Right. But why do you think people feel so pressured to get married before they leave school? I think there's a lot of reasons for it. I know Harding or private schools, big reason that they say to get married is because you're surrounded by Christian people. So it makes sense to find someone there, which... To a certain degree, yes, it does, but don't just pick someone because they're there. I feel like there's that pressure, and even though it is very strange that the normal marriage age is much later, I still think there's this very weird societal pressure of if you're 22 and not married, you're you're not going to be married, which clearly is not the case. I mean, you were older than 22 when you got married. That is definitely not the national average, but I just think there's this weird societal pressure of you know, you have to, we're still in that phase where a lot of people were getting married at 22 or younger, mm-hmm. and I think we haven't quite transitioned out of that yet, and yeah. people are still 
feeling that and just there's so much pressure going on with college I think people are thinking there's so many people here and when I get on the workforce how am I going to meet people you know well and honestly I feel like it's a bigger pressure in the sense that somehow and I don't know if it's spoken or just understood somehow the assumption is that when you leave college you are going to know what it is that you're supposed to do and I think that maybe is why so many people who leave college feel like they're floundering I mean I I'm gonna be 28 in less than a month and I seriously felt I still feel like I'm floundering yes but I felt like I floundered from the time I left well I went straight into grad school but from the time I left college until Mm -hmm. like 10 minutes ago I don't know (laughs) like but I think some of it is the expectation and I I feel Mm -hmm. like some of this happens with high school as well but the expectation that you're supposed to know yes. what it is you do. Yes. Like, when you leave high school, the expectation is that you would know what you want to do with your life. Right. And make mm-hmm. pick a major. Yes. And it's like we were talking about earlier. When you leave college, you're supposed to know how to apply for jobs. You're supposed to know how to pay all of your bills. You're supposed to know how to do everything. And I think that just lumps in. You're supposed to know who you want to spend your whole entire life with. Which is insanity right. to me. I right. mean... Because that's a, not just a step you take lightly. No. But no. It's really there, not. there is definitely this weird pressure to have your entire life figured out by the time you're 22 or 23 or whenever you graduate. And so then when you don't, uh-huh. people then feel, you feel horrible. You feel horrible and you feel like you're making the wrong choices. Right. Like I remember feeling like I had no clue mm-hmm. what to do. I knew I had to go to grad school because my degree was psychology. Right. But I didn't know where to go. Yeah. I didn't know what the best grad school would be. I literally just picked one and it was because I was already there. Mm-hmm. And... It's hard. I mean, even after grad school, I was 24 or something, and I still didn't really know what to do. So I do think, I think there's this weird pressure that you're supposed to somehow have figured out what you're going to do with your life. And I think now more than ever, people don't, especially people your age, there's no longer the assumption you're going to have a career, I don't think. I mean, I think mostly people think they're going to get a job, Mm -hmm. work it for some time, and then maybe get a different job. Or the assumption is you're going to graduate from college and get top-tier job. You're going to graduate and go into working whatever the top is and whatever your field. You know, you just are expected to get that, whereas most jobs, that's not... Right. I mean, I very much love my job, and I'm very thankful for it, but it is not top-tier. Right. It is where I am. I plan on staying in this field indefinitely, but it is definitely it looks different a stepping yeah right. it's, it's very different yeah. and I think a lot of people get very discouraged when they go in and they have a low tier job even if it is in their field yeah also there's nothing wrong with working kind of whatever job you have to until sure. you can oh definitely get in that field I mean if you are lucky enough to get a job in your field I say take it no yeah. matter what it is sure I mean within reason sure but I think a lot of there's this weird pressure of you either start out or you're a failure, and under no circumstances can you take a job not in your field. Yeah. Even just to work Absolutely. a few months and get by. Yeah, I agree with that. Well, and I think there's a little bit of a gap because generationally, you know, our parents did leave school assuming they would have a lifetime career. Mm-hmm. I mean, our dad has worked the same job for 40 years or something, mm-hmm. and our mom has essentially worked the same job for 40 years, and that's what everybody their age did. Yeah. So for a lot of times, I think kids maybe sometimes feel pressure from their parents or they get advice from their parents that's like you need to find your career job and it's, yeah. it looks hard 
or um, maybe it looks like we're failing or we're not we're floundering mm-hmm. when we end up working a job that may be at a coffee shop or we work at a shipping place because we're just trying to figure out what we're doing. Right. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Mm-hmm. I just think it sometimes looks maybe to other people like, what are you doing? Yeah, and I know that there are plenty of people out there who need that stability, who yes. need to know that this is what they're doing. And if that's how you are, then that's okay. But also, it's totally okay to be the opposite and to know that you're going to work at a coffee shop for six months until you find your dream job. Or right. Until you find a job in your field at all. Exactly. You know, you don't have to wait for your dream job. Exactly. Also, don't have to pick a job and then stick with it for 45 years if you're not happy with it. Exactly. I think think so much of it, and I know we started this conversation talking about marriage, and I want to go back to that, but I think so much of the issue seems to be expectation. Like, the expectation to get married, the expectation to have a, quote, dream job. Yes. And the expectation, like, I've even heard the reverse of, well, it's a job, just deal with it. Yeah. Which I think is also a generational thing. Yeah. A lot of older people just had to stick out a job because it was a job. Mm -hmm. And I think more than ever, your generation especially, but also I'm part of that, I guess, on the the last end. Yeah. um, we don't really believe that. We don't believe that you have to stick with a job for 45 years if you hate it. Right. We're just not like that. So, I agree. I think don't hold yourself against the pressure of, quote, a dream job, but mm-hmm. also give yourself some space to figure that out. Yeah. Because it's better to take some space while working. I mean, yeah. don't just, like, sit on your couch and eat sure. your nachos. <laughs> but, you know, do something, but it's okay if it looks like... What you didn't think it would look like. Right. It definitely is. Yeah. So, okay, so the marriage thing. So you you and Nathan came into college already having dated for 100 years. Sure. More or less. <laughs> More or less 100. So did you guys feel that pressure of, like, hurry up and get married? Um, yes. I remember our freshman year, and I, I, I'm on the younger end of things, so, but when I started my freshman year, I had been 18 for two months. Uh, Nathan's a little on the opposite. He's a little on the older scale, so he had he had been 18 for a while. But still, I mean, we were both quite young, still in our teens. And multiple people, when they found out how long we had been dating, because Nathan and I started dating when I was 15. So we went into college with about two and a half years under our belt. And I can't even remember how many people asked me why we weren't engaged yet. Mm. And my answer was always, because I am 18. Yeah. And I just wanted both of us to have at least our freshman year to be at college, be in another state, meet people. And, you know, I honestly, I had the expectation that Nathan and I were going to get married, but I at least wanted to test that. Yeah. And know that this was both a choice we were consciously making after we had seen, quote, other options or however you want to put that. After we had seen a little bit of life outside of high school. Yeah. To know that we weren't going to get married and then be like, oh, I don't know who you are. Yeah. Or, and this, I was 18 when I made this decision and now I'm 25 and I'm like iffy about it. Uh-huh. So I realized that we were still very young, but I mean, so many people asked us why yeah. we weren't engaged yet. Totally. And then once we did get engaged, we got engaged um, the summer before my junior year. So I was 20. Yeah, I was 20 at the time. I remember because I made him wait till after my birthday so I could say I was 20 <laughs> and not 19 when um when we got engaged. Because, again, I knew people would hear we got engaged at 19 and automatically be like, that's weird. Yeah. Um. So we were 20, and it was summer for my ju- junior year, and we had a year and a half engagement. And so many people judged that. Yeah. They were like, why would you have a year and a half engagement? Why are you just, waiting so long? Yeah, yeah, just get married if you know. 
Yeah. And I was like, we want time to save money. We want time to maybe actually try to figure out how to be in a marriage with another human. And yeah. To just, I don't know, figure out stuff that nobody has told us. Right. What did you get, what did you do to deal with that? Because I think for, uh, if it was a different person, I think mm-hmm. they would have given in or felt, yeah, or just, or like lashed out or been like, yeah. okay, well maybe we should get married. Like, how it, did you deal with that? It was really hard, especially because I can think of three close friends who got engaged after me and got married before me. Uh, okay. And that was really hard to deal with. And the really the only thing that got me through it and this is going to sound a little bad but the only thing that got me through it was knowing that Nathan and I would be better prepared for marriage than these other people yeah and these other people are fine they're still married everything's good but I knew that even though it was really hard at the time in the long run yeah Nathan and I would be better for it and we have been already sure so the only and it was hard a lot of days but the only thing that got me through it was knowing that for us personally, this was the best decision and that we were going to be better off in the long run Yeah, for doing it. For sure. Because marriage is not, it's not easy. No. And it's, especially when you launch, like I think the hard thing is, this is, I'm only speaking from my experience, so I've only seen it at a private school. But mm-hmm. I think the hard thing is when you get married so young, not mm-hmm. only are you still making decisions about yourself and learning about yourself, but you're also getting married in a world that's not quite the world. I right. mean, you're still in school. Right. And no matter where you go to school, it's just not, it's not the same. how you're going to see the world. Uh-huh. And so then a lot of times when people launch and when they leave school, it is mm-hmm. like the ultimate culture shock. Yeah. And it's not to say that you can't get through it and you can't work through it as a couple, but it's that same thing of like, it's not house. Like, this is not right. easy. Right. You know? And it's so not. I think that's and something to think that's about. That's one of the things I really want to tell people is that marriage is the best thing I've ever done and simultaneously the hardest. Yes. And this may sound a little bad again, but if I didn't love Nathan as much as I did, marriage would not be worth it. Exactly. Because you have to put effort into it every single day. Yes. Even though I'm very happy with my marriage and very much content in my decision that I made it is still very hard it's something that you have to put effort into it and I mean we have a good marriage and we still have to put effort into it sure I I even had this conversation with Nathan and he agreed with me if we did not love each other as much as we did and we're not firm on our decision yeah there would be a lot of days when I would think maybe this isn't worth it yeah because so that I just want to warn people into rushing into the decision because if this isn't the person you want to spend your life with, then you are going to have a very hard uphill, uphill battle. Totally. Because even the best marriages are hard because yeah. life is hard. Well, and I think one thing that I see your age group doing so well is you guys are very driven to do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Like, you know how to seek out the thing that you want. You're not afraid to create opportunities. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I do think there's this quickness to what you guys do. You want it now. You want it to happen now. A lot of that I think is the social media aspect that we didn't grow up with, that I didn't grow up with really. Um, And I wonder about the longevity aspect. Yes. Is there an ability to stick to a decision? I don't know. Right. Because you guys are so, and it's it's creating amazing opportunities for our world because you guys just create jobs and you create all this like energy and action, but but does it last? Like, can you stick with it? And Mm -hmm. I think certainly... I, you know, people do, of course. Sure. But I think that's the thing that maybe... And I work with teenagers younger than you. 
But I worry about their ability to make long-lasting decisions. Not because they can't, but because they don't. They're not trained to. They're not trained to, exactly. And a lot of that is the quickness of, which makes me maybe sound like an old lady, but (laughs) I do, I really think, like, the quickness of social media and the ability to get, like, Uber Eats, you know? Like, you can get whatever you want. Oh, it's amazing. (laughs) I am here for Uber Eats. (laughs) But you get whatever you want when you want it. Right. And I think, like you said, when the days of marriage are extremely hard and you're looking at your person, you're like, who are you and what did I do? Yeah. You can't. It's not something you just throw away. And if right, you do, yeah. if you keep doing that train, like, it's going to be bad news. Right. I also think on the other side, part of it is is we are trained to kind of do what we want. And sometimes that creates a wild independent streak. And, yes. I mean, you know, we were raised to be very independent yeah. females who could support ourselves. And there, that's been one of the challenges for Nathan and I, getting a little personal, that um, we are both independent humans uh-huh. and there are sometimes when we both end up saying after an argument I'm sorry I'm still trying to figure out yeah how to do this how Absolutely. to be a partnership and um that is one of the hard things is just even having dated him for a hundred years like you say yeah. it being married is so different from dating oh yeah and you kind of have to tame those independent streaks at times you shouldn't yes. lose who you are as a person obviously but you definitely have to soften that edge. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'll give an example. We, coming here, um, I packed our stuff, and literally Katie did not even think to pack Clayton's stuff. Yeah. Because... Didn't th- I packed his clothes, but I didn't think to pack his toothbrush. Yeah. And I'm like, Allison, <laughs> this is your husband. Like, but it's what you're saying. It's not that I did that with malicious intent. I just literally didn't, didn't think, think about, about it. it. So it is a discipline. Yeah. You have to culture a discipline yeah. of thinking of another person before yourself. Mm-hmm. And that is so hard. It Especially is. when you feel like that person's being annoying or they're like, <laughs> yeah. they didn't do this thing for you. You know, we're just selfish people. Right. And it's so also it's hard. really hard to find a balance between, like you said, putting someone before you and doing things for them and also not Losing, Losing your independence yourself. completely because yes. you should never be codependent on another human. Exactly. You should always have your own personality, but it is hard to find that balance of I am my own human who likes X, Y, and Z and who does X, Y, and Z. Yeah. But also, I am now in a partnership and yep. that needs to come before myself most of the time. Yep. The best way I've heard it is yielding. Yeah. A yielding to somebody else, which is still mm-hmm. not easy. But, no. I mean, if you're going to make it work, you can either choose to stand on your hill by yourself yeah. and be right about everything, Oh yeah. but you're going to be alone, mm-hmm. and you're going you're gonna to ruin your marriage. Yeah, and that's something that sure. I have had to look at myself about, because I like to be right. Yeah. I do, and that is very hard to let go of, but yes. it's destructive if not. Okay, awesome. So, you guys get married. Mm-hmm. You graduate. <laughs> Five months later. Five months later. Here we are. You guys are in Nashville living your lives. You both have jobs. Yes. In in the career that you left school with, which is amazing to me. You're an editor. Me too. <laughs> yes, honestly. You're an editor. So tell yeah. us about what life has been like since you left school. You're freshly married. You're freshly in your career. And here you are. Like I remember thinking distinctly, oh, there's like no next step. Because there was always yes. a next step for me. There was always high school, and I knew that I was going to college. And then for me, grad school. And so what yeah. is that like? Uh, I will say I was, I was, we were both very, very blessed. Nathan had a job before we graduated. He did an internship the summer before our senior year and they offered him a job 
around this January, I think. So Nathan already knew he had a job, which was awesome. Took so much pressure and stress off of us. And I felt exactly like you said. People would ask me all the time what I was doing after graduation, and I would laugh because I had no idea. Yeah. I would tell them what I want to do, but I truly had no idea. And like you said, I had no idea how to apply to jobs. I had jobs that I had worked, but it was like, oh, I I was a lab technician. I set at a computer. Yeah. You know, like, you know, nothing super huge. And I remember just throwing stuff down on my resume and thinking, I got nothing here. Nobody's yeah. going to want this person who was babysat yeah. or done whatever job her whole life. But I remember I would, I truly would get out my computer and Google editor jobs in Nashville. Mm-hmm. And any job that came up that looked remotely similar to what I wanted to do, I sent them my resume. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was stuff from Vanderbilt working with, like, research stuff that I knew I would hate, but I thought, it's a job in my field, so here you go, here's my resume. Which I think is a really good point to make. Um, Just do it. Like, it doesn't matter if you don't think you're good enough, if you don't think you're qualified. Oh, just do it. Just do it, because, I mean... What's it going to hurt? Right. I remember I applied to big name publishing companies that I knew was not going to get straight out of college, but they had an opening. So I said, here you go. Here's yeah, my resume. Totally. And I did. And that would be my biggest advice to you. Even if you don't know what you're doing, do it. Yeah. And I was lucky. I started a job, my job less than a month after I graduated. Um, but it was one of the jobs that I remember thinking, I have never even heard of this company. I don't even fully understand what this company does, but here's my resume. Yeah. And that's another thing. You're not going to know what your job is. Even though you've been training for it in college, don't think you're going to know what it is. Because I had trained to be an editor. I had taken editing classes. I had worked in the writing lab. And my first week at editing, I had no clue what I was doing. Yeah. So, but I've learned. I mean, I've learned. And I still ask questions 8,000 times a day. Yeah. But that's how I learn. Well, and I'll also make a point that you are not going to fully know what your job is like. Like, you're going to yeah. think you do. I, I think this is hard. I'm, I tend to be a very idealistic person. And mm-hmm. so when someone tells me, this is the job description, this is what it's like, they yeah. take you on a tour, it still does not mean it's going to be like that. Right. You yeah. are likely going to get in, and it's not going to be what you thought. Right. And that's okay. It doesn't mean you've made a bad decision or a wrong decision. Right. Every job, they're going to present things very cute, mm-hmm. and they're going to put it in a cute package. Yeah. It's when you get there that you realize what it's really like. So yeah. I would advise talking to people that you know that work there or trying oh, to yeah. get the scoop on people who are there so they mm-hmm. can tell you the truth. I remember my first day of work, my the VP, who I report to, she told me, she said, there's a big learning curve to this job. And I just want to tell everybody that. Yes. Because that made me feel exponentially better. Yes. I was still scared out of my mind yeah. because I didn't understand but the fact that the VP had told me that yeah. there was a learning curve and that it was okay yeah. that I didn't know anything uh-huh. made me feel so much better. Yeah. So I want to tell everyone that. Sure. That okay. Well, and I'll also add to that. If they hired you, they already like you. Right. Like, you don't have to know every cotton-picking thing. Right. Do your best. Ask questions. Work oh, hard. For sure, ask questions. Ask because the questions. It is so much better... To ask the questions and do it right, yeah. Then to do it wrong and have to go say I didn't know what I did. I messed this whole thing. Yeah. Up. So yeah. just ask the question and then you learn. And then yeah. the next time it comes up, you're like, Oh, I already done that. Right. I know how to do it. Yep. Yep. I remember having to tell myself though that very thing of like they already hired you. Right. They like you already. Mm-hmm. Like you're fine. Yeah. You're okay. They know that you don't know. It's yeah. okay. I mean, even now I'm over three months into my job and. 
I would say a good five to seven times a day, I have to get somebody to come over to my computer and tell me what the heck to do because yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And I'm a good three months into my job. Oh, yeah. And I know nothing. I remember people telling me at my current job it takes at least six months yeah. to feel like you have a hang of it. Yeah. And even then, you're probably still going to be iffy. Yeah. But I think that's a good thing to tell people, again, going back to the quickness yeah. of maybe your generation. And I don't mean to put you guys, like, in that arena. I think it's just the reality. Like, the world is quick right yeah. now. It's just mm-hmm. different. And just because you don't catch on to something right away or if it feels hard or if it feels like this is not what I thought it was, it yeah. doesn't mean that you've made the wrong decision. It doesn't mean that it's bad. Stick it out. Yes. And if it doesn't work, if it's still a year later feels like something's off, listen to yourself. Right. Listen to your gut. But have the discipline to stick it out. Yeah. That's the biggest thing to me. Is And that's mm-hmm. hard. I have worked plenty of jobs that I don't care for. Right. But I think if you can look at the long goal, which is not my strong suit, um, I think it would benefit. I mean, you just have to yeah. figure it out as you go. Also, like we were talking about earlier, college puts a weird pressure and expectation on you to have everything figured out, but life in general does. Yes. I mean, everywhere tells you that you've got to fake it till you make it. Yeah. You need to know exactly what you're doing for the next 85 years, and you have to know everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, that's just not true. No. And that I don't think that pressure ends out of college. Oh, definitely not. And, you know, with social media, like we've been talking about, you present the best side of yourself. You always present yourself when you have your makeup done and you're in your pretty party dress. Yeah. You never present the days that sucked and were hard. Because nobody wants to see that. Right. And you're not supposed to have bad days. You're not supposed to have questions and doubts. Mm -hmm. And that's so ridiculous to me because that's such a human thing. Well, and I think it breeds this whole thing that we're talking about is this expectation that somehow at 21 or 22, mm-hmm. you are supposed to know how to live your life. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's just plain silly. Yeah. And there's there's things that we learn every day, all day. I mean, there I'm nearly 28, and there's still things that I'm like, oh, I didn't know. Yeah. Like, we have a ton of flies and grasshoppers outside of our house, and I'm like, what the heck is happening? It's because you live in Arkansas. I guess so. <laughs> You're right. That's the answer. But, you know, things like that you don't think about. You don't expect. You can't prepare for that. And it's okay. You just have to, like, Google it or ask somebody else. I think another big thing is, like, have people in your life who've been through the same things or just a couple steps ahead of you because it matters. And not that their story is going to be the same as yours, but if you have people you can look to and ask, it helps. And it makes it easier. For sure. Or at least someone to say, like, no, you're not alone. You're fine. (laughs) You're fine. The 20s are just a really hard season. Yeah. They really are. I think they are. So, we've talked about marriage. We've talked about job. Mm -hmm. Tell me about, if anything, like creating a home. Or like like you mentioned paying bills and Uh having a budget. Tell us about that side of life. Because I do think there's a lot of things over there that, similarly to marriage and a job, people don't really prepare you for or talk about. And you're like, oh, I got to deal with this. Yeah. Um... One of the, the bills haven't been as big of an issue for us. I mean, we definitely have them, and I wish we didn't. But Nathan and I both set a budget very early on. Um, we sat down and figured out how much all of our bills cost and how much we bring in every month. And we have, you know, a name for every dollar for the most part. Yeah. We have categories for everything, even our, we call it our crazy spend. You know, yeah. we have, we know how much we have in our whatever you can, like, we have X number of dollars that we can just, you know, buy nail polish or yeah. buy whatever on, and 
we know that each month this much is going out. And I would highly stress that putting yes. putting names to your dollars because then you know exactly what's happening. You don't get to the end of the month and think, oh, shoot, I spent $1,200 on food yeah. or something like that. Which is hard when you leave college and you're making like babysitting money and then you get a real job. Real job and, you have, and you're making much more than like you. you have a lot. Yeah. yeah. But then you realize, oh, crap, you know, yeah. I've got... And then people get into credit cards and it's like a whole yeah. thing. Yeah. I mean, I would say... Over half of our income goes to bills because yes. there's so daggum many. And totally. that might be because we live in Nashville, but yeah, whatever. And so that is one of the biggest things I would say is make a budget. Yes. Even if you have to change it 8,000 times before you find one, make it. Yeah. Know where your money's going. Know what it's yes. doing. That's wise. The other weird thing that has been difficult for us is grocery shopping and dinner because uh, we got to cook. We can yeah. just go out to McDonald's every night for a lot of reasons. Right. But still, you know, we have to cook dinner and we have to both have lunch that we can make and that can be hard because I have to you know I can't just go to the grocery store and think "Mm, this looks good I want it I have to know okay I need to have at least five meals and I need to have this meat and this veggies and okay I don't want to buy four different kinds of meat so you know it's just so much to think about and then what can I bring to work what you know and Nathan has so many different sometimes he works from home sometimes he goes to the office so I have to make sure I have stuff that works for both in case right. he whatever mm-hmm. and that has just been one of the more difficult things and also who has time to go grocery shopping I know I hate going grocery it shopping it really is I hate the compiling of the list right yeah that to me like thinking about what we can eat yeah and get make what do we already have like yeah. when you write a list that to me is the worst part yeah and trying to find stuff like you know if I say, okay, this week we're doing ground beef. I gotta find two different recipes for ground beef. I know. And, you know, it's. Nathan and I talk about this all the time. There's like three different kinds of meat. Yeah. And I mean, how many different ways can you make pork, chicken, and beef? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's only so much I can do with all of that. Right. So, that, and also just <laughs> kind of the fact that you know you have to come home and cook. Yeah. And then clean. Oh my gosh, there's so many dishes. Yeah. <sighs> but that has been weirdly one of our struggles or challenges that yeah you don't think about it being a struggle because it's dinner but right you have to plan for it you can't just live your life willy-nilly that's true I mean you you I mean, could but I think that's why I think that's why the 20s I don't know I think I just think there's this weird um extreme pendulum swing because I'm even remembering when I graduated or left the nine to five situation was hard for oh, me yeah. which my current job is not really a nine to five I have a weird schedule but having to get up and work a full day and come oh, home. Yeah. Even though in college, like, you stay up late and you have weird sleep schedules and mm-hmm. everything, it was exhausting oh, yeah. to have this set schedule mm-hmm. every day. I mean, that was a hard adjustment that I did not expect. Yeah. I didn't think about that at all. Yeah, and that commute, if you have one. I mean, I have a 30-minute commute, which yeah. doesn't sound bad, but I know that I have to leave with 40 minutes, really, just in case yeah. anything happens. So I have to leave 40 minutes, and, you know, I have to have my time to get ready. and Yeah. Just... It is hard because you are doing it every single day. And I wake up much earlier than I did in college. Even yeah. when I had 8 a.m.s, so I'm waking up earlier. Yeah. I know. And it's just a big pendulum swing. Even if you live off campus your senior year mm-hmm. and you don't have a meal plan or whatever, yeah. like it's still just very different. And yeah. I think some of it is just life and you just have to kind of be thrown to the wolves a little. But mm-hmm. I just wonder how we could do this better. Like I don't know if there's a better way. Yeah. But I just feel like the 
preparedness of people when they leave college <laughs> zero. is zero a lot of times. Yeah. And, I'm not kidding when I say I complain about this once a day. Yeah. I have no idea what I'm doing. Oh, yeah. I remember feeling that. Especially, like, like you mentioned, figuring out student loans. Oh, my And word. figuring out, like, I remember leaving grad school, moving back here for a time, and mom and dad were like, okay, well, you need to start taking over your car insurance. Yeah. And, like, and just... I was working three jobs, and I was like, I don't know how I'm going to pay for any of this stuff. Yeah. And, I, and I knew that it was time, and I knew that it was appropriate, but I was like, how? Right. How do I do that? Yeah. So, I don't know. I just think, I think much of it, you just learn by doing. And you oh, just, it's trial and error. You just have to grow sure. up in that way. Yeah. But, I don't know. What would you say? What Like, if you had two pieces of advice, or one, whatever. Oh, boy. To someone that's maybe a senior in college or a junior in college, and they're getting ready to launch. Okay. It doesn't have to be really even related to your job, but what's something that now that you're out, Mm -hmm. you can look back and say, okay, girl or boy, this is what I need you to hear me say. I would definitely say do your research on adult things before you graduate, whether that is Googling or talking to someone, but... Figure out how to pay your student loans back. Figure out how to budget and pay bills. Figure out maybe, you know, how to apply for a job. Because most colleges have places where you can, like, work on your resume with people. Just do research before you graduate because then you graduate and you have to do all of the research at one time because it's all hitting you. Yeah. So I would say try to have, even though it's hard, especially in college, have the long-term goal yeah. ahead. And start preparing for it before you have to do it. Yeah. Because preparing for something and then immediately having to do it is very different from, okay, I have this knowledge and in a year I'm going to need to use it. Because it. I don't like making quick decisions. I very much like to have a list and plan everything out. So if I would have known, okay, this is how you do X, then by the time X came around, I would have been like, girl, I got this. I know how to do it. Uh-huh. As opposed to... Oh, X is coming up tomorrow. I have to figure this out right in this moment and then hope that my decision is fine. Right. So I would say just have that long-term goal ahead, and that way you can have time to figure it out. And if you have it wrong, you have time to correct it before you have to actually do whatever the adult thing is. Sure. Well, and in college, you have a million people around you. All these teachers and advisors. Oh, yeah. Talk to your professors. Yeah. Specifically, talk to professors in your field because... More than likely, they have done or know people who do what you're going to do. Yeah. Well, and I can guarantee that they want to talk to you about it. For sure. I think that they're there to help you, not just to graduate college, but even just sitting them down and being like, okay, how do I apply? Mm -hmm. Like, someplace you have to apply for an apartment. Yeah. How do I do that? Yeah. How do I know what's too much rent? Mm-hmm. How do I know what I'm worth as a salary at my first job? Oh, yeah. That's important stuff. That is. And it's not necessarily stuff your parents can tell you. No, because, I mean, I am an editor, and mom and dad don't know anything about that, which yeah. has nothing against them. That's just they've never wanted field. to be an editor, so they don't know anything about exactly. it. Exactly. So they can't tell and you, like, what your 401k is. And yeah, what and what a good starting salary is. Yeah. I mean, I luckily googled what a nice starting salary was for an editor so I knew that it was somewhat in my range or whatever but still I mean there's just a lot of things that you don't know yeah exactly and it's okay yes but do the work you need to do for yourself yeah because it's hard when you're a senior in college and you're just like over everything and you're ready to get out yeah but it's worth it to put in some effort yeah. Because if not, I mean, you're still going to flounder, mm-hmm. but 
you may flounder a little less. Or you may yeah. flounder with floaties. Yeah, that's probably more like it. Yeah. You're still going to flounder. I don't want to give you the impression you're not. But it's I, okay. I think it's, yeah, well, I think it's appropriate to flounder. I think, yeah. I think that's just what this oh, is. Oh, that's when you grow the most. Yes. That's when you learn and grow. Yeah. And that's important for yourself. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. All right, Catherine, well, what's nourishing you now? Okay. This is going to sound weird, but a couple months ago, <laughs> I, because, okay, you know I love to get my nails done. I love oh, a good manicure. Too. Yes. It's highlighted my life. But I realized that I couldn't spend $35 every other week to get a manicure. So I bought myself an at-home nail dip powder kit. So good. And it is a highlight of my life. Yeah. I mean, I I love having my nails done, but I cannot deal with nail polish that chips the morning I put it on. Makes me so bad. So I have invested in a nail dip kit, and I love it. Yeah. It is so much fun. It takes kind of a while. It's definitely not as quick as just painting your nails with polish. Yeah. But it lasts so much longer, and it looks professional. Mm-hmm. The first couple times, I really messed it up and got it all over my fingers, but <laughs> again, with the flounder. Hashtag 20s. Yeah. You figured it out. for life. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> but that and reading, which reading mm-hmm. has always been nourishing for me, yeah. but... As an English major, I always felt this weird pressure to be reading, like, Bronte and, yeah. Whit- and Whitman and, like, Wordsworth and all these people, which are great. Love them all. Sure. But... Not maybe what you have chosen. Right. <laughs> right. And I love them all, and they're so great. But also picking up, like, a romance novel that has virtually no plot and you know exactly what's going to happen is fine. Yes. If yes. that's what you want to do, yeah. then, you know, reading of any form, people don't realize this. A reading of any form is very good for your brain. Yeah. Because you're learning and you're reading and you're stimulating it. Uh-huh. And if that happens to be, quote, fluff novels. Yeah. Or, quote, guilty pleasure. I think more people would read if we didn't put the word guilty. Yeah. On stuff. I you know, agree. it's like, oh, this is my guilty pleasure reading. Why not read it? Yeah. If you want to read romance novels, read your daggum romance novels. Right. Maybe occasionally pick up a heavier book, but. Yeah. I mean. Read what you want. Yeah. And I know that's kind of when what I'm doing now, but I still feel this weird pressure of like, oh no, I'm not reading classic literature. <laughs> I'm a disappointment. <laughs> that is so funny. So. I'll never forgo- forget going to your seminar, Senior Sim. <laughs> I mean, I have never in my life <laughs> heard so many words I've never heard of. Oh, yeah. All you English people, were, I was like, what are you well, that's saying? You pull out all the stops. Uh, yeah. I mean, you have a lot to prove in there, but I was like, dang, y'all. I, li- I consider myself an educated person, and I literally don't know what you're saying. That's how I felt, too, about other people. Although I will say I did Shakespeare for my seminar and have not read Shakespeare since Well, then. who would? Because I spent quite a, quite a bit of time with him. Yeah. He needs a rest. Yeah, he's fine. He's studied. Well, what's that um, dip kit called so people can get it? Um, okay, so the company I got it from is called Sparkle & Co. Okay. And there's a million different options. I just went with the very basic one. But the first that you get, you get, like, glue, and you get one color powder, and you get some thing that solidifies it and makes it, you know, not fall off, I guess. I don't know. It tells me what to do. Right. And then you get a top coat on it. And I have loved it. Um, the thing that I love best about it is that Sparkle & Co. gives you instructions of how to do it. So I just printed that sucker off, and I just, even now, I still follow the instructions, but I know that, you know, it has step-by-step, and it explains it all, and it teaches you how to, you know, from prep beforehand to physically putting it on to prep after. That's great. Yeah, because I was like, if I'm going to do this, somebody's 
again, somebody got to tell me what to do. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Very cool. Well, I'm glad you, that we had this conversation. Of course. Thanks for being on the podcast, uh, Catherine. My pleasure. My little tiny sister. Yes. Miss <laughs> 22. <laughs> I know. So crazy. Ugh, she just makes my sister heart so proud. I just love her, and I'm so thankful that she was willing to come on and share um, tidbits of her story. Just really, I love watching her grow and navigate life right now. I feel like she's doing a lot better with it than I ever did at her age. So really, really proud of her. Hope you guys got some good stuff today. You can find her on Instagram at Katie Burner, and you can find us on Instagram at Be Nourished Podcast. Hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your week, and stay tuned for another op- awesome episode next Tuesday.